When I entered college, I was on the pre-med track. I took biologies, chemistries, and calculuses, and I enjoyed them until my third semester, I had to take a humanities class, and so because it looked fun, I signed up for sociology of religion. Within the first few weeks of this class, I discovered a lot about the world that made it seem like my head had fireworks going off within it. One of the first things I discovered is that across the world, there were tons of other types of Christians, two billion, in fact. And, and, and I knew about the big five, you know, Methodist, Baptist, Episcopal, Presbyterian, Lutherans, and of course, Catholics. But I then was opened up to discover something called the Orthodox Church, the Anglican Church. There was this, this group called the Seventh-day Adventists. Did you know that we have a Seventh-day Adventist church that meets here every single Saturday downstairs? And they worship on, on Saturdays. I found out that some Christians' faith, because some Christians do faith very differently than the way that I was raised. And so some Christians do not believe that infants should be baptized. Know that there should be a believer baptism. Some denominations do not approve of dancing or drinking. Some require women still to this day to have their heads covered during worship. And, and then as the syllabus moved us through the survey of all of the world religions, oh my gosh, did my head began to explode even more. And I discovered that if I had been one of the many slash billions of people that had not been born in the United States, I had a seven out of 10 chance, 70% chance I would not be born into a Christian home. In general, what I learned was that the people of my precious home church in Tampa, Florida, Palmasia Presbyterian, and myself, that we were just a speck. We were just a speck of all of the Christians that existed throughout the world and throughout time. This faith that I claimed as so personal as it was personal was part of a faith that was so much bigger than just my own faith. And so when we say in the Apostles' Creed, after we talk about God the Father, we talk about Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, and we talk about our belief in the Holy Spirit, the very next thing we say is we believe in the communion of saints. We believe that we are part of something that is way bigger than just our individual theologies. We are part of a faith that includes billions of people who stood with us back then, who stand with us now, and God willing, billions more after all of us are gone. And yet, within those billions are so many differences. People look different than us. They think about who Jesus is different than us. They think about how the church should be run and governed and dealt with so very differently than we would in our little church right here. 
And I think that is what is at the heart of what the Apostle Paul is saying to the Corinthian church, because within that church, it was such a cornucopia. There were people that had come from different faith backgrounds, different economic backgrounds, different ethnic backgrounds, and they're all gathered there saying, no, if if we're new to this following Jesus thing, which we kind of are brand new to it, slash the whole world, then we get to decide how we should come to the table. We should get to decide what kind of clothes are appropriate for us to wear during worship, who we get to hang out with or not hang out with outside of worship. So there were all of these different factions vying for how to live the Christian life. So when the Apostle Paul says this, there are many members, but one body. He is reminding those Christians then and reminding us today that there is this one distinguishing factor among many distinguishing, but one distinguishing factor that we should not forget as people of faith who follow Jesus. And that is that each of us has a unique relationship with Jesus. Only you knows what's really going on between you and God. But within that, we are also part of a larger faith. We are also part of a faith where it is never appropriate for me to tell anybody whether they are or are not a child of God. And so I think about, in full transparency, this has been such a point of tension for me in my own faith. And I really thought it would get easier with every year, with as pluralistic as our world is becoming, but I just can't get past some of the things that have happened to me early on and things that happen even to this day. And I want you to know I am working through it, but I remember the very first family wedding I went to. I was like probably eight or nine or 10. I don't remember exactly. And I remember at the wedding, it was a Catholic wedding and being told, stay, you are not allowed to go up and get that. And it didn't make any logical sense to me. And I said to my mom, but I'm a Christian. I should, I get to get it at my own church. About 10 years ago, one of my closest friends went on a mission trip to another country. And as they were getting to go into worship, the pastor came out and stopped everybody and said, I just want to let you know that it is our tradition that if any of the women in in this space are menstruating, they are not allowed to come inside and worship. And my friend said, but I'm a Christian. (laughs) I'm here to worship. I worship the same God as you. We look to the same Jesus, this makes no sense. Why can't I go in and worship? Have any of you had an experience like that with someone that did faith in Jesus in a different way and it didn't make logical sense to you? But this is where I really identify and it was just like a knife to me is what I do in those instances, even to this day, is I say, I don't need you. If that's how you're gonna preach the gospel, I don't need you just like the hand says to the foot. I don't need you. For some reason, when we disagree with someone or something or some institution, we have been literally acculturated to sever our ties with that thing, even if it's in our own family. Paul writes, in fact, God has made the body a single organized whole. He has given greater honor to the lesser part so that there won't be any division 
in the body, but that all the members may have the same concern for one another. If one member suffers, everyone suffers with it. If one member is exalted, all the members celebrate along with it. The parts of the body of Christ, the church, that you or I think are using the wrong approach, maybe are dated, I found myself saying that, have misplaced priorities, or maybe even, in our opinion, incorrect theology, guess what? They are still part of the body of Christ, the church. Can you even imagine what it would be like if all Christians could be open and say, you know what, I disagree with fill in the blank. I really disagree with fill in the blank, but then not cancel them and not sever them off away. You see, in this postmodern world that we live in, we are prone to cutting people off if they don't have the authorized view on fill in the blank. And Paul says, if all the parts were one member, where would the body be? No, the result is this, Paul says, there are many members, everybody's gonna be different, but there is one body. I want you to hear this truth from this scripture today. You can have a relationship with someone that disagrees with you, even about your faith. Because what a witness this could be. What the church is doing in the world is different than what the world is doing. And the world says when you don't agree, you sever. When you don't agree, you cancel. When, don't, when you don't agree, you jump parties. Or you maybe stop talking to that person. You defriend them. You stop following them. And the church is intentionally diverse. Think about that Paul compares us to the body. I mean, your pancreas to your fingernail. Your heel to your shoulder, it looks different, serves totally different purposes. And sometimes those purposes aren't even related to one another. The body of Christ is designed to be different. We have to figure out how to do this thing, not in spite of our differences, but because of them. There's this beautiful church in San Diego, it's called the Cathedral, I'm sorry, in. Los Angeles called the Cathedral of Our Lady of the Angels. I mean, it's just magnificent. And all around the sanctuary are pictured 135 frescoes that are representing a thousand saints and martyrs and men and women. And this is what one of the frescoes looks like up close. You can see people just coming and it just surrounds it. But what you look up when you look at one of them very closely, I want you to see this on the far left, that's Saint Nicholas. And then you have Dominic, you have Mary Magdalene, Saint Anne, and then Joseph, the father of Jesus. And what's unique about all of these saints that are pictured around is that they all are faced with their eyes towards the cross. There are different colors, there are different sects, there are different denominations. There are people up there that didn't even agree with each other standing next to each other. And it's this idea that the communion of saints surrounds us, and yet we are all focused forward. And I'm reminded of that Hebrews scripture, set your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. I want you to consider what saints 
living and dead, surround this place? Who would be on our walls? Who would be standing next to each other, totally different about theological views, maybe even political views, but all looking towards the author and perfecter of our faith? Oh, friends, hear it this way. The church indeed is not one member, but many. If a child were to say, because I am not a Roman Catholic, I'm not part of the church. That doesn't make the Roman Catholic any less part of the church. And if a Quaker were to say, well, because I am not part of a big Bible church any longer, I'm not part of the church, that does not make that Quaker any less part of the body, does it? But as it is, God has orchestrated the body of Christ because that is what God wants. If the whole church were just one demographic, one denomination, one theological viewpoint, it would not look like the church of Jesus Christ. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. This faith community stretches beyond space and time. We commune with Christians around the world, with believers who came before us that sat in these pews. Maybe not these exact ones because I think they've had a remodel, but you know what I mean. (laughs) And again, God willing, thousands that will sit in these pews after us. We believe that the church is the communion of saints. We say that in our creed. And as a believer, you are part of the communion of saints. May it be so in my life and in yours. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we thank you for all of those who surround us, all of those who are even in our own little circles who are so very different. But God, I pray right now for those in our lives that maybe we have severed away from us because they thought differently about how to do faith in Christ. God, may we be okay with disagreeing, but still remaining focused on the author and perfecter of our faith. In Christ's name, amen.